0: Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Hello, hello, Christian. Welcome to to the show. I'm super excited to have you on today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited as well
0: gosh it's going to be awesome so as we're talking prior to this recording you're over in san diego which is always a beautiful place to visit what's the weather like over there today
1: (laughs) it is uh it is 80 and sunny as usual
0: Dude, you have to love that. I think San Diego reminds me a lot of, I live in Brisbane, Australia, and that for the most of the, t- of the year, you can live a pretty good life with, you know, I mean, we're lucky with the weather. We've got water really close by. I mean, you live, the beaches are right there. We're about an hour away here in Brisbane. See so, yeah, it, So I love San Diego. It's a beautiful place. So now, yeah, when I, have, you, have you done much traveling? Have you ever been over to Australia before?
1: I have actually, yeah. I actually learned to surf for the first time in Manly Beach.
0: Okay. Yep. That's where down where actually my business coach is James Shremko from Superfast Business and he lives down in Manly Beach and he is also an avid surfer. So it must be the place to go and learn to surf, I take it.
1: Apparently so.
0: Yeah, must be it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it you Now today we're talking about all things systems, which I think is imperative for businesses. But before we dive into the systems, I'd love for you just to tell the audience that is listening today a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what you do, and I'd also love for you to share us what your favorite all time movie is and why.
1: All-time movie and why? Um, Yeah, I can start with that one. My all-time favorite movie is Gladiator with Russell Crowe. Always been my favorite movie since I was a little kid. I love history. I love Roman history specifically. Um, the story, it just, I don't know, since I was a very, very little kid, I used to watch that on repeat. I, I still love Gladiator, so.
0: Gladiator yeah. all the way for you for the win. And again, I guess you would say, like you said, you watched it in your childhood, so there's some memories there that also obviously stick. Was there any big key takeaway that you liked from the movie? Oh gosh,
1: key takeaway, um, just... Just keep going. Just keep going. He was so resilient the whole movie. He just kept battling out of really, really tough situations. So I I just love that part of it.
0: Yeah. No, awesome. Cool. So then tell us uh, those that are listening a little bit about more about you, Christian, what your background is, where you're from, you know, a little bit more about the business so we can get to know you a little bit more.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, I grew up in a really small town in New Jersey and It was such a small town. I didn't really know what entrepreneurship or personal development was. Um, You know, I thought personal development was going to the gym and working out. (laughs) I thought thought entrepreneurs were these like mythic beings. And if you ever wanted to get out of the town and make money, you either became a lawyer or a banker. and That was really it. And That's what I actually went to school for. Uh, I went to school to uh, potentially be a lawyer. I was applying to law school. Uh, Junior year of college, when I found entrepreneurship, if you will, Uh Uh, there was a flyer on one of my classes on the desk, and it basically said, Run your own business, uh, make $10,000 over the summer. And I said, Man, I have $30 in my bank account. (laughs) Sign me up, I will do anything. And what it wound up being was an internship program where you ran your own franchise of an exterior painting business. And through that experience, I learned a ton about business. I learned sales, marketing, management, how to run my own crew. Um, Most importantly, I learned two things. I learned, one, I loved entrepreneurship and that I was hooked. And two, I wasn't a great entrepreneur or leader yet. I was pretty bad. Um, So from there I started working on those two things and I equated entrepreneurship to leadership and systems. I built up that division uh, to about $1.2 million, then moved on to build a real estate development company in Boston, um, built that up moderately quickly, and the same thing, using leadership and systems to do that. And Now, I work on Elevate Advisors, which we help seven-figure entrepreneurs systemize their company and get the most out of their team so that they can scale faster and really have more control over their revenue, time and results. So I'm, I'm all about uh, scaling your company and living your best life without sacrificing your life.
0: Which is, again, something I think, especially for those in startup phases, there's an enormous amount of work that goes in, you know, and I think there's the hours get away on us. And sometimes I think we're busy versus being productive. Um, and I think, again, people don't know what they don't know. So systems are great. And systems can start. You don't have to be in seven figures to meet systems. You can start systems fairly early on in your entrepreneurship journey um, in order to, I guess, I'm all about foundations. So to me, systems are part of that overall foundations that you need in order to be able to grow and scale at either a quicker or slower rate depending on your business so tell me did you make the ten thousand dollars that summer
1: (laughs) I I did I made uh I made ten thousand two hundred and thirty one dollars that
0: summer uh oh my goodness how cool is that and then for your other and other business that you were talking about the where you grew it to the 1.2 million give us a time estimate how long did it take you to to grow to that revenue
1: yeah. So that was another division. Basically, Young Entrepreneurs Across America Student Painters, the internship program. I ran that for two years down in South Carolina, where I went to school. And then after that, I approached the owner. and I said, Hey, Steve, I've uh, been doing pretty well down in South Carolina. I want to move up to Boston and start my own division from scratch. So I want to train college students how to how to run their own businesses and coach them along their way for whatever reason, he said yes. So me and my business partner moved up to Boston. We started that division and we did that. We built it up to about $1.2 million in about 10 months. So it it was pretty fast growth.
0: Wow, that's really cool. And again, you put it down to systems, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute, but can you elaborate a little bit more about the leadership component? Because I think there's such a broad definition of what makes a good leader and et cetera. So I'd love to hear what your take is on that leadership definition.
1: Yeah, I think the definition of leadership is somebody who can, su- who can support and bring people around a vision and then empower them to execute on that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, a leader, and really the question that I always ask myself is, um, who am I being? What type of person do I need to be for the people to follow me? Um, And early on in my career, I wasn't being that person that people wanted to follow. And I needed to change pretty dramatically um, in the personal growth, entrepreneurship level and worlds to become the person capable of running a big business, but also become the person capable of having people actually follow their vision and their dreams.
0: Mm -hmm. And would you say with the leadership, the leader you've become, what does that look like now? What are those, I or even go back a little, what did the qualities of what you, what were you lacking as a good leader and what do you mean? Do you still have those same qualities now or have things slightly changed as you've continued to grow as a person, but also as a business owner?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I, I always say my first year in business, that first summer where I made that 10,000, I was a very selfish leader is what I always call it. Um, I just put myself, I put myself in the business and logic over the team and even the customers sometimes. Um, you know, I just thought that's how business ran. It was my first time. I was ignorant. I was a little selfish, honestly. And I, I paid the price for that. You know, I went through 25 employees when most people in the company went through eight. Uh, I was working super late nights because I couldn't hold the team down. I, uh, you know, I was really burnt out because of that. And I realized it was all my fault at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. since then, I've I've changed and started really focusing on building a team up and helping the team and putting the team first. Um, kind of like go the go giver of the book there. And
0: just amazing really, book, amazing yeah. book.
1: Oh yeah, total game changing book. I love that book. And uh, yeah, so from so now, my leadership principle is really about empowering the team, putting them first, and genuinely caring about people. I think that's an important important step in being a leader.
0: Yeah, And again, I really like in their second book, and I can't, I'm can i actually talking, I'm using their examples of both their books in my presentation at We Are Podcast this week in, over in Australia, actually, because I love, love their books. But again, mm-hmm. about, it's about the customer. It's not about you, you know, mm-hmm. is, that, is that key of that one sentence from the second book that they have. And it's so true that when you start, do you know what I mean, to focus on the other people versus you and your needs, your business can have a huge shift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Zig Ziglar uh, is famous for the quote, you know, uh, you'll get everything and you want everything you want in life so long as you help as many people as you can get what they want
0: in life. Yes. 100%. Love no, love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So you you were able to build up the, do you know what I mean, you went from $10,000, 200, I think in the summer, you then 10 months later ended up in Boston where you, were, you and your business partner were able to scale to about 1.2 with the new division. You then learned that your characteristics of a leader had to change. It was no longer about you, it was about you know, your clients, your staff, etc. And then obviously, at this stage, you must have been going through some of these systems. You would have been testing and trialing, I'm assuming, over the like say that two-year period, and even still today. So let me ask you, for those that are out there that are like, okay, well, that's great. you now you mean know, are successful, but there's still some of us who aren't. can you tell me, tell me why you think systems are so important for businesses?
1: Yeah, I think systems are so important for businesses because at some point you need to grow the business and have other people doing things that you originally were doing. And when you create systems in a business, it allows you to scale. It allows you to bring on a team. It allows you to get everything out of your head and into the hands of other people executing. Um, You know, any... Any business that wants to grow beyond one person has to have systems involved. And even if you want to grow with one person, you need systems involved uh, because systems create a duplicatable, repeatable process. And that's what business really is.
0: So, do you feel that um, ultimately systems, if put in place correctly, will scale your business easier and faster?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Yep. And what is it, do you mean, is it a variety of systems? Is it, do you mean particular systems? Like I know you're going to walk me through and maybe that's where we go to now is what do you think the three essential systems are that businesses need to increase the profitability, reduce stress and scale their business to potentially that six, seven, and even eight figures?
1: Yeah, great question. I think, you know, one baseline, easy to implement system and process that any any business can do day one is a meeting rhythm system, right? And, and a way for the team to consistently meet with each other, whether that's a weekly leadership meeting or one-on-ones on a consistent basis, any type of meeting rhythm where you're consistently getting with your team um, is huge. I've seen companies that don't have any type of meeting rhythm. They have haphazard Um, ad hoc meetings, and then I help them implement a a meeting rhythm and it changes the business in a matter of weeks because now the team can consistently, they know that they're going to meet. So they start talking about issues and they can start iterating on problems and solving things at a way faster rate. I know with me and my real estate development company, when we introduced even simply a weekly team meeting that was on the same time and day and had an agenda every single week we really blew through our plateau and and revenue and started to grow at a rapid rate so just day one a meeting rhythm a meeting system is uh something that everybody can easily implement
0: yep so yeah essential another one you're going to need the meeting rhythm asap um what would you say for those people who are still the solopreneur you know just by themselves what can they be doing, obviously, because they're just meeting with themselves at this stage, but what, <laughs> what would you suggest that they do in, the, in regards to, try to, to even set, I guess, the rhythm so as they bring on new people that they've already kind of got that practice in place?
1: Yeah, it's something you can continue to do a type of meeting rhythm where you're at least reviewing and reflecting on your numbers, uh, which brings you to another system is uh, a way to track your numbers. A way to keep yourself and people accountable, um, even something as simple as a Google Sheet where you're tracking your stats on, in terms of maybe it's, you know, if you're a salesperson, it's calls made, contacts made, uh, appointments set up, closes, etc. Whatever that looks like for you and your specific business, a system to basically get a pulse on your business and understand your your stats and your KPIs. Um, even if you're a solopreneur, you can set that up and you can at least set time in your calendar to look at that every week, reflect on it. And really having those numbers and then reviewing them on a consistent basis just makes you make better decisions. It allows you, it's almost like flying a plane. If you don't have the GPS and the radar and you're just looking out the window, you could potentially get to where you're going. But once you put in the GPS and the radar, it's a lot easier.
0: To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. Yes, and it's one of the first things I do with my own coaching clients is that we create just because again I try and keep it very simple at the beginning because mine are more startups and small business owners and I don't want to overcomplicate. But we just mm. if we do that, we just create a Google sheet where we track. You know, I mean their website stats, we track their conversions, we track their abandoned carts if they're an e-commerce platform. And again, it is it's it's kind of the talk of the town. You know, and I say that you know every the first Monday or the first of every month this is what you need to have in your calendar. You need to input the data for the month and then we talk about it in the session and uh, yeah it's very interesting where we see the drops and when we see the peaks and obviously we want to continue the growth we want to keep see that scale but sometimes there can be an off month where their content marketing wasn't in place as because they weren't following the system right so it is a lot sure. easier to look at the bigger picture um, when you're tracking do you mean those essential numbers
1: Yeah, it just gives you an opportunity to get out of the day-to-day and kind of look at, make an overview of your business and really look at it and work on the business as opposed to just being in the weeds all day.
0: Yes. So meeting, check. They've got their Google tracking system in place for looking at numbers, check. And what's the third essential you feel that businesses need to increase profitability?
1: Yeah. Next from here is... um, really product productizing, or at least documenting the tasks in your business, whether that is delivering a service, delivering a product, uh, whether that's administrative tasks, you know, starting to document these products so you can start to delegate. And when I say document, I mean, you know, A, B, C processes, how to's, if you will. Um, we use something something in drive called the playbook that we keep all of our documented processes, um, just on Google Docs, PDFs, spreadsheets, etc. But it's an opportunity now to be able to delegate these things out to other people, whether that's VAs, assistants, or uh, other coaches, service providers, etc. It's that consistent documentation. Um, For me, I I see once we can start implementing a playbook in a company, then the CEO, the founder, however you want to say it, they can start really focusing on higher-level ideas, higher-level tasks, and start delegating out of things. And that's when I see growth really start to happen.
0: And listen, funny you mentioned that because I heard a podcast... Um, around her stepping back from being the employee of the business, essentially, you know, and hiring someone to be the integrator. And so that, again, it allows her to be the CEO per se. And it's something in the same kind of rhythm I've been working with. You know, I've just hired a project manager, aka the integrator. And it has already started to make a huge, because the fact is, is those tasks have been delegated. So it allows me space for from a creative spot, do you mean spot, um, to, and to see things differently. So I can't agree more about, That is tasks, but again, it's working through those, you know, documenting those tasks within the business, right? Because you need to have, you need to know what needs to be delegated. And would you also say that for those people who potentially lose an employee by documenting those tasks, those policies, and those procedures, it's a lot easier to hire someone and give them the manual and run them through than having to start from scratch over and over and over.
1: It's exactly right, Sam Carpenter came out with a book called Work the System. And it's, uh, it's a brilliant book on systems, but it's that exact point he brings up a lot in the book is, uh, and I see it all the time, where you lose, a, a company loses an employee and it's almost like starting over from scratch. It halts the business uh, depending on where that employee is. And then they have to onboard an employee, train them all over again. And that's extremely expensive. So when you have documented processes, Uh, You can really implement something that uh, Bill Belichick football, you know, it's next man up, uh, any type of sport analogy there, where somebody (laughs) can really jump in off the street and, and go get going pretty quickly because you have everything documented in how to processes and videos.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah, it's it just makes everything so much easier. And I would suspect that when they make their business easier, do you also see a direct correlation that things within their just general day to day life become easier?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see stress levels going way down, and I experienced the same thing. You know, I when I was building a real estate development company, I was working a ton and working way harder than I was smarter. And when I started to really focus and double down on building systems and building a team, my life, my happiness got way, way higher. Um, and I see that all the time. Yeah. Cause once you can really start focusing on the business and not in the business and you start delegating out, you do have time for a lot of other things in your life and give time for the, the really the enjoyable things and the things you want to be doing.
0: And again, that comes back with, I guess, ultimately, they're getting the time back, they're getting that level of freedom back. And then naturally, they're probably sleeping better. You said the stress levels go down. And when all of that goes down, you would most times naturally see also the correlation that sales would start to increase. And even though people think like, oh, if I step away from the business, you know, then I'm not going to, we're not going to make as much, but it's actually the opposite if they can just kind of lean in and accept that. Would you agree?
1: Totally, yeah. You hear that all the time from people where entre- big entrepreneurs who you know are, are crushing it and running million million dollar businesses and they always ask, you know, what was the one thing? And they're like, oh, just giving my team the room to execute and stepping back, I was the bottleneck in the business. And that's so many times the case.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. We were the ones, even though we're, you know, you can define it as successful, but again, we're also equally the ones hindering the growth at the time. But let me ask you this, because I think <laughs> We talked about us, you know, the, the us being the people that are holding us back. What limiting beliefs do you feel you see constantly or consistently are holding business owners back from around putting systems in, pe- in place and, and wanting to have that growth?
1: Ooh, yeah. Great question. Uh, one big limiting belief I see pretty often is, but Christian, if I write these documents and I build these systems won't an employee just steal them and start their own business? Mm-hmm. Um, I get that a lot, uh, surprisingly. And, you know, that brings me always... There's two objection handles I have in that situation. One is uh, Richard Branson quote, which is, you know, train employees so well that they can leave you at any time. Treat them so well that they never want to leave you. Yeah. Um, you know, the philosophy of just treating them so well that it it is like a family and hopefully you're not bringing in people like that Usually, if you're thinking like that, it's potentially because you're you're bringing that into your own world, right? Law of attraction. You're, you're attracting people like that. Um, and then two, it's really... Starting a business is not easy. It's all about implementation. So even if they have all the knowledge, which we all have all the knowledge, there's YouTube, Google, etc. Books. I mean, there's tons of knowledge out there. It's still about implementing and doing it. So I don't want uh, to... I don't subscribe to the the fact that somebody can can steal and copy all of your documents and go run a better business than you because um, it's really about execution and implementation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and I also think that if you spin it and look, that you're like. People, people will ultimately do that at times. Do you know what I mean? Let's be honest. But the reality of it is, is you're still always ahead of the game. You've either been in business for six months. You're still six months, do you know what I mean, faster at implementing mm-hmm. and growing and building those connections with people, that they're still going to play catch up. So even though they might be doing it, and they're also never going to do it your way. They're also never going to have your same exact ideal client because you spin things so differently. So again, I think it is that limiting belief. I think it's important that it's there, but I think it's important if people can let that go because I think, again, it holds people back.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a very, like, scarcity mindset, and it's just, it's probably a very stressful, like, mindset to have because then you're always thinking that your employees are, are against you and really they should be your, your team, your source of energy.
0: Yes, I couldn't agree more. Now, with, if listeners are out there and they've talked about the three essentials that you've just talked about, that systems uh, are needed for business growth, if there's one thing that listeners do after the podcast today, and that's all they do, because again, time poor, do you know what I mean? Kids are sick, et cetera. What's the one thing you would want listeners to do?
1: Oh, well, great question. One thing I'd want listeners to do right after this meeting, right after this podcast, um, write down what your five to 10 vital numbers, your, your vital stats are in the business and then track them for a month on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Just start tracking stats in your business. Once you know your numbers, you can make a lot better decisions. And it's not hard to do. Like we said earlier, it's, it's a Google spreadsheet that you can start tracking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, it's, it's mind-opening because I think people go, oh, I can't afford to do this because of this. But when they put the numbers down, they're all, actually, if I cut this expense, I could actually go to that do mean mastermind class over X, Y, and Z? But again, it's because they don't put pen to paper and they don't actually have the concrete numbers. I think there's a lot of things holding them back collectively.
1: Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen both sides of the situation where I had an entrepreneur who was super stressed out, telling me how bad the business was doing, um, things were going really bad, and then we started tracking the numbers and we started tracking on the polls page on Google and. Actually, things were pretty great. Like he kind of <laughs> all blow, overblown in his head. And it, it reduced his stress pretty dramatically being able to see the numbers week after week. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that, I saw somebody who wasn't worried at all. They're like, you know, as long as we hit 2 million this year, everything evens out. Everything's fine. We don't need to know the numbers. And then we started tracking them and things were trending really poorly where if he didn't fix things, um, the business wasn't going to be doing too hot by the end of the year but we caught it early enough because we were looking at the numbers where he was able to change course and, you know, really protect his business.
0: Yep. yep. No, so important. And I love the two examples you've given because again, the listeners out there can probably fit in either one of those, you know, like really now for 2019, yeah. what are your big plans for you, your business? What, what are you up to in 2019?
1: Yeah, 2019 is uh is a really it's gonna be a really fun year for Elevate and, and the team. Uh we I started this business earlier this year uh solely to empower entrepreneurs and aspiring change makers to make to change the world. And so 2019 we got really the main program, which is like I've already said, helping those 7-figure entrepreneurs systemize their company and make the big change. We're continuing to grow that. I'm going to be trying to speak a lot more at events about the messaging there. And then 2, we have a a totally free group coaching program for young and aspiring entrepreneurs that uh, we just do. It's a complete and total give back portion of our profits from Elevate go into this program, which is called Elevate Next, where we're helping college-age, just-graduating entrepreneurs um, become the people capable of running the businesses and making the change that they want to make in the world. So those two programs are what's in the books for 2019. So it's, it's going to be a really fun year.
0: Question: how awesome that you have the opportunity and are in that position now, do you know what I mean, With the primary business to be able to offer those programs. What a brilliant, brilliant way to be able to give back. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was the whole... The whole goal in starting this company was really to to empower the younger generation the next generation of change makers so it's it's a lot of fun to be able to do that and just get talking to these amazing amazing young people who really want to make a change so it's, it's, it's really rewarding and fulfilling
0: no absolutely brilliant and then for the listeners out there if they want to find you have a mini stock you know where where can they find you
1: yeah, they can find me at losethelimits.com. And if anybody wants to, to book a call, especially with me, they can just go to losethelimits.com slash call. And I'm happy to jam session on any any business problems they have.
0: Uh, No, fantastic. Well, listen, it is always a pleasure having guests on, but you have brought another level of just uh, being able to pick people's brains and start getting them thinking really about the importance of systems and how important it is not only to get some freedom back in their life, but equally be able to scale their business. Um, So thank you so much for taking time out of your day in San Diego to be on here today. I appreciate that.
1: Absolutely, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast.
0: And for the rest of you out there, I just want to remind you that my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And of course, I cover all sorts of related business and life topics inside my Facebook group, the Australian Business Collaborative. So head on over. I'd love to see you there. For the rest of you, have an awesome day, no matter where you are in the world. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you soon. Bye.